Good evening. Uh, tonight I've brought a lesson, a lesson that'll be a little bit different. See, during my last month of school, uh, I went to about 21 different people, uh, both teachers and students, and I conducted a survey. And uh, it's a simple four-question survey. The first question uh, of four is, what is your opinion of the church? Right after that, number two is, have you ever been to church? Do you still attend? And if not, why do you no longer attend? Then there is, uh, are, you, are there any Christian beliefs that you disagree with? Lastly is, what is your opinion on the vast amount of denominations within Christianity. See, at first, when I had written this survey, I had written it out on a legal pad, but thinking that I wouldn't really gain much of a response. But within a week, I had about six to eight. Second week, I had around 10 to 15. And then the third week, I had gathered the last couple of responses, adding up to about 21, which surprised me quite a bit. Um, and tonight, I plan on sharing those responses with you. And the point behind this survey is to, it's to express the absolute true opinion of various people's point of view of the church. And that's what I'm about to show. A uh, little side note, I'm not going to go through each question with all 21 responses because that would take too much time, but <clears throat> I'm going to limit them. Also, uh, <clears throat> these answers are not centered towards Bobby Branch as a whole. It's centered towards Christianity altogether. Uh, but we should still take these answers to heart. Uh, let's get to the first question. First question was, what is your opinion of the church? Uh, a woman about 51 years, of, years old <clears throat> said, church is at times loving, judgmental, giving, caring, and closed. We're not as welcoming as we should be. A girl about 17 years old said, I don't have any negative opinions about others' religious practices as long as they find happiness and peace in what they practice <clears throat> as long as the church does not force beliefs on others. They're allowed to have their own without judgment. A guy about 18 years old says, I believe people are welcome to believe what they want, but they shouldn't force it down others' throats. A guy 17 years old says, Some people use it to make themselves look better. A girl 17 years old said, I believe that you should go when you can to a church that does not preach on you and your mistakes. Instead, they try to forgive you and your sin or help you from preventing that sin again. A guy about 16 years old said, if you believe what is taught in church, <clears throat> then you should attend. If you don't, then don't. A guy that's 17 years old said, too much hate. It's like a clique more than a group looking out for everybody. A man age 64 says, the church is a very important element of the community. Some churches are more active than others. The church provides a moral compass and a sanctuary. A guy about 16 years old says, My opinion of the church is simply an opinion. If you believe in God, good for you. If you don't believe in God, good for you. 
Either way, it doesn't affect me. I flip back and forth between religion is a set of morals or not. I'm agnostic, so your religion is okay with me. <clears throat> On to the second. Have you ever been to church? Do you still attend? And if not, why do you no longer attend? <clears throat> guy about 16 years old says, I have, I, have no, I no longer attend due to the swap in beliefs that I've had. A woman by the age of 51 says, Yes, I didn't attend church for 12 years because I never felt, quote, good enough. I was not a bad person, rarely sinned, gossip maybe, but in my church of Christ, I felt God wouldn't love me anyway. Honestly, I also never understood the music issue. If playing music is a God-given talent, which I think it is, why not use that gift to honor Him? Girl age 17 says, Yes, sometimes. I only go when I'm with a friend because my family doesn't ever get to go to church. <clears throat> Another girl 17 years old says, Yes, I have attended. When I'm available, I try to attend. I do not attend this specific church for the reason of leaving there and feeling bad about myself or the decisions that I've made. 16-year-old guy says, Have I... Yes, I have gone to church before. I do not attend anymore. I just haven't found the right one. And a woman by the age of 43 says, Yes, I am attending semi-regularly now. After not attending church for a long time, I am attending my husband's Baptist church, but I'm not Baptist. Girl age 16 says, I was raised Baptist, but my thoughts about the world have significantly changed. I'm forced to attend because of my extremely religious mother. I shouldn't have to sit through sermons about ideas I don't believe in. Guy age 16 says, Yes, I have attended church. No, I no longer attend. I have become less religious throughout my life. And this one's quite a long one. Uh, guy age 16 says, Yes, I attended church for eight years of my life. And no, I do not attend anymore. <clears throat> when I did attend, I was always forced Religion wasn't something I grew up with, but after seven years of my life, I was suddenly forced to by my abusive biological father. He claimed to be such a good Christian, quote, but was a hypocrite in every way. I no longer attend because of him. And <clears throat> during my eight years of attending, not once did I ever, quote, feel the warm. I only felt the hatred and inconsistency of my biological father. I was raised to respect all religion by my mom. And my biological father said, quote, Christianity is the only supreme religion. But to accept that the possibility that there is a God, you also have to acknowledge other religions as well. <clears throat> On to the third. Are there any Christian beliefs you disagree with? If so, could you name a few and why? 17-year-old guy says, not any true belief, true Christian beliefs. New Age Christians with hate and bigotry kill me. Guy that's age 16 says, I'm not a very big follower of Christianity, so I don't have an opinion on much. <clears throat> Girl that's age 17 says, I believe in what the Bible says, not what has been misinterpreted and twisted to fit someone's agenda. <coughs> Guy that's age 16 says, the discrimination against various members of society, such as homosexuals and people of varying ethnicities. <coughs> Another guy that's age 16 says, all of them, 
but beliefs are respected. And then, girl, it's age 17. My Christian beliefs that I don't agree with are those that take away from social freedom, such as abortion, sexuality, and personal beliefs. <clears throat> as long as what you do does not harm any others, you shouldn't be allowed to live your life. You should be allowed to live your life without judgment. Now for the last one. What is your opinion of the vast amount of denominations within Christianity? Guy, 18, says, I have zero ideas and I don't know what this is. Girl that's 17 says, I think most religions branch out within themselves. But they're so diverse to make religion more personal to the person. I respect all the religious beliefs as long as they make the person happy and don't discriminate against other beliefs. We're all entitled to religious freedom. <coughs> One by the woman by the age of 50 says, I don't see the point of denominations. If we live right to please God, we will all make it to heaven. Girl by the age of 17 says, I believe that denominations divide us. The denominations get in our way of working together to serve Christ, be a light for Him, and bring others to Christ. <clears throat> Guy at the age of 16 says, Denominations are good because they let people choose what fits them. man by the age of 64 says there are over 200 denominations in the USA. That's because people interpret Scripture in different ways. God of the age of 16 says it is up to you to choose your denomination. God of the age of 17 says denominations tear Christianity apart. Worshiping God and loving Jesus does not require a denomination. God of the age of 16 says since Hebrew is such an old language, it is very reasonable for there to be many, but that's okay. And God at the age of 16 says, why are there so many? You all think about Jesus Christ and God. Alright. Now what? I just gave you guys a lot of information. I understand that. So, what do we do with it? What do we do with all of it? We need to answer these. We need to answer, what is the church? We need to... If people have a perception of the church that is not real, what can we say from the Bible as a guide? Our faith has to be rock solid. Do we know what we believe? And lastly, we must be one. Let's start with the first one. What is the church? Well, what is it? Is it a building at 1165 Old Smithville Road? No. It's more than just a building. In fact, it's not really even a building at all. Colossians 1.18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. See, this building isn't the church. Neither is the one down the road a bit. <clears throat> These are just church buildings. The church itself is not made of hands, but of the people. See, the, ch the church is a conglomerate of Christians all over the world. It's made up of not just me or those of you that are here tonight. It's made up of those who have chosen to be saved. Look here in uh, the latter, latter part of verse 
27 and Acts 2. <coughs> it says, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. See, in order to be added to the church, you need to be saved. To be saved, you need to be baptized. To be baptized, you need to follow the steps of salvation, which are to hear the Word, to believe it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, be baptized, and then live a faithful life as a Christian. If you do these things, you'll be added not to any denomination, but to the Lord's church, to the body of Christ. On to the second one. If people have a perception of the church that isn't real, what can we say from the Bible as a guide? Well, what do we classify as a perception of the church that isn't real? Well, turn to Ephesians real quick. Uh, Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. Verse 14 reads, That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. See, for starters, man-made or altered doctrine is not real. It's a perception of the church that isn't real. To follow a doctrine offered to you just because it fits your liking, it's a false perception. Look here in uh, 2 Timothy 4. Verse 3 and 4 reads, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up from themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. See, all it takes is one to fall to their own desires, and soon they go astray. Churches all over are doing this. See, they treat the Bible like it's a bag of trail mix. Everybody, you know what happens. You go into trail mix and you see the stuff that you do like. You pick that stuff because it's good. But you don't like the raisins or anything because them things just ain't good. See, people, the churches that do this, they will pick out the stuff that everyone doesn't really want to hear. But they'll leave all the stuff that's happy, the stuff that everyone loves to hear. All the things that tell the people what they want. But if you leave just a tiny bit in that they don't want to hear, you messed up. But that's just it. If you say something that someone doesn't like or you tell them the truth about their actions being sinful or wrong, verse 4 says it. And they will, be, they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Now, what can we say to those who are following these altered teachings. From the Bible, we can tell them to turn to the very last chapter of the the Bible. Uh, Turn there. uh, Revelations 22, verses 18 and 19. Verse 
reads, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. We can tell them just that. There is no tampering with the word of God. You don't take away, and you don't add to it. Now for the third. Our faith has to be rock solid. Do we know what we believe? I mean, do we? Do we really know what we believe? You may see the words on them pages. You may quote them a couple times. But do you actually understand the words? What they mean? See, that falls onto you. The responsibility for that is on you. It's up to you whether or not to read the Scripture. You may ask others what it means, but you have to read it first. It's kind of like the plan of salvation. How can you, how can you believe something if you've never heard it? Or how can you confess your faith if you don't know what it is you believe in? It has a certain order to it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. You have to read the Bible before you even understand it. You can't know something without studying it. But once you've studied it, you will grow to understand it. When you understand it, you can go forward with it. Teach it to others. You can share it. Check out 2 Timothy 3 real quick. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 17 reads, But you must continue in the things which you have learned them, and that from childhood you have also known the Holy Scriptures, <clears throat> which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is, in, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need a rock-solid faith. If we're to be presented with a challenge such as someone questioning our faith, we need to be prepared. We need to have a response. If we don't have a rock-solid faith, we'll crumble and won't prevail. But if we do have a rock-solid faith, we'll stand firm. We'll be able to provide answers to those questioning our faith, our practices. We'll be able to show that we truly understand what we believe. Now for the last one. We have to be one. We can't fall to separation. We've already fallen to many denominations that have further divided the church. In fact, according to Google, there are more than tens of thousands of denominations. Uh, In 2012, it was estimated that there would be well over 43,000 worldwide. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, Let's look in Romans right quick. Chapter 16, verse 17. Verse 17 reads, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, 
and avoid them. We need to avoid further division. In fact, we need to start uniting again. After all, Christ prayed for our unity. Look at John 17 for a minute. As it was read earlier, verses 20 and 21 reads, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Christ prayed that we be as one. We can't be one if there isn't change. What I mean by that is we can't all gather in a room and join hands. See, worldly perceptions must be rid of before there can be any change. If you would... Oh. Um, sorry. Uh, in conclusion... Uh, we need to know what exactly the church is. It isn't a building. It isn't made from hands. It's the body of Christ. We need to know how to prove what it is. People perceive the church as so many different things. To prove that, we need to stand firm. We need to have a rock-solid faith. But we can't do it alone. We have to work together. We can't separate into these little different denominations that cater to each person's desires in a church. We have to work together as one. For there is one body. There is only one church. 1 Corinthians 12.13 says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. If you haven't been added to the church and you need to be baptized tonight into Christ or you need prayers, I invite you to come forward tonight as we stand and sing.